You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. If we were to restart this season with this current Kings roster and a clean slate of health, would Sacramento be a playoff team? Plus, which players should the Kings keep and who should they move on from this offseason? On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Franklin Cardicelli and Chris Watkins, the co-hosts of the Return of the Roar podcast. We're going to discuss these and more on Locked on Kings. Welcome into the Locked on Kings podcast, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Rooms today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. Today's show is going to be dominated by my conversation with Chris and Frankie. Check out the Return of the Roar podcast. They do phenomenal coverage uh, of the Sacramento Kings, provide great conversation over there. It's a pleasure uh, to have them join me for this crossover episode today. You're really going to enjoy the conversation. We also want your input in the conversation, so be sure to respond at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me m george at sacklocalmedia.com matt george frankie cardicelli and chris watkins some crossover here locked on kings and return of the roar and we have a doozy of a conversation for you today two main different conversations surrounding your sacramento kings before we get into those though gentlemen i wanted to start asking about the site that i did not expect to see this early which was Vlade Divac, of course, Sacramento Kings legend, but unfortunately he's more known now as the general manager that really failed in Sacramento. He was sitting courtside next to Vivek Ranadive and his replacement, general manager Monty McNair, uh, the other night at the Golden One Center. I have no problem at all with Vlade coming, stopping by, and, and being in the Golden One Center, checking out a game. He has free tickets for life, as far as I'm concerned, with his jersey up and up in the rafters. But I did not expect to see him, McNair, and Vivek together so soon after being, or after stepping down from the job. I use air quotes there. Stepping down from the job only what eight, nine months ago. Yeah, we're not even a full calendar year removed from uh, from him being, quote-unquote, removed uh, from that position. Uh, definitely one of those things that seems like it would only happen to the Sacramento Kings. Like, no other professional sports organization would have this kind of ridiculous that, story has come out. before? Has anyone There's ever, no way. I mean, like, there's, there's absolutely no way. I, I just, I've never seen that in my own life, but it, it was cool because I don't think that many people that have become the GMs of a team are fan favorites with their jerseys in the wrap. I mean, they, that's happened before, but Vladi was a fan favorite. His numbers in the rafters, uh, what he stands for in the Kings organization and the Kings fan base is more than his five years as GM. Granted, there were some painful moments in those five years that we're going to remember for a while, but uh, when it comes down to it, even with the end of Petrie's tenure as GM into uh, Kings legend Pete D'Alessandro's tenure, I mean, they've all made plenty of mistakes, uh, 
You think about Petrie passing on Damian Lillard for Thomas Robinson. You think about Pete D'Alessandro letting Isaiah Thomas go for a bag of corn nuts. And now you look at Vladi and his mistakes with Luka Doncic. Uh, mistakes happen, but Vladi still is Vladi Divac. He's a fan favorite. I'm, I'm happy to see him back in the building. It was kind of cool to see. Chris, I thought it was interesting because you were at the arena capturing a lot of the pictures and video. I thought it was interesting after the game, a lot of uh, Kings personnel came up to show some love to Vlade, which is awesome. It was cool to see his former teammate and assistant coach Bobby Jackson come up to him. But then you saw Luke Walton come up to him, which Vlade hired Luke. Uh, And there's questions on whether or not Luke is going to be still the Sacramento Kings head coach by the end of this upcoming offseason. But you and I both noticed right away (laughs) the first two people to approach Vlade after the game game buddy healed and marvin bagley buddy healed the man who vlade paid and marvin bagley the man who vlade drafted yeah you really hit it on the head there um just to take me back to to the day of i mean the second the game was it was what a what did that game end up being like a 25 to 30 point blowout 28 so you know once once the the result of this the game was kind of established the the story of the entire game i mean all anyone was talking about was vlade being there so i knew that you know, the second the horn went off, all eyes had to be on Vladi. And uh, yeah, like you said, the first two people who came up was Buddy Heald, the guy who, you know, just this time last season, uh, Buddy was, or I'm sorry, not around this time at the uh, at the start of last season, Buddy was uh, complaining almost on a on a daily basis about his contract. Uh, it was the talk of pretty much the whole beginning of the start of last season, and then. Uh, eventually got paid, and Marvin Bagley, of course, is the one that uh, that Vladi decided to pick over Luka Doncic. So that definitely did not uh, did not go over my head. The fact that those two were the first uh, first to say give Vladi a very very warm and again, like like Hugs. we've been saying, there's nothing Vladi deserves nothing. Vladi, by all intents and purposes, was the nicest guy every single day yeah. walking yeah, around yeah. that office. So it's no surprise that people are happy to see him. Which is, I even think what uh, Luke said in the post game. He was like, you know, I've known Vladi since the day I walked in the league, and I just can't help but when I see him to smile. So he he just has that kind of personality. So I wouldn't expect anything less than the welcome he got. But uh, doesn't change the fact it was just it was just weird. And that also added to the the weirdness because then, I mean. I don't know if other people have done it, but also I, for a little bit, thought about, well, I wonder why Rashawn Holmes didn't go and say hello and, you know, De'Aaron Fox didn't go and say hello. Just, you know, I'm not meaning to uh, start any controversies, but I just thought that was interesting. Well, with De'Aaron Fox, he's actually, no, he was there, wasn't he? Because he's now out of health and safety protocols. Maybe they went in the back. I'm sure, and yeah, I don't want to say that, you know, they hate Vladi and definitely were cursing his name as he walked by. It was telling, though, that those were the first two guys to head over there. There were people who were very excited to see Vladi. And Walton was a quick number three with Monty McNair just kind of standing over there in the background like, well, um... It's my team now, guys. Hey, remember me over here, which I thought it was interesting, Frankie. Like the optics of it is one thing of, hey, the the former and the current general manager in such a short period of time being so close together and interacting together. But I'll tell you what concerned me about it the most, and I'm probably being overdramatic here and, and I openly admit it, but in this entire period of Avec Ranadive being an owner, he has had way too many voices. He's had way too many advisors. Vlade was an advisor before he became a general manager. So as much as I'd understand Vivek and um, and 
McNair wanting to have Vlade over for some fun talk and some banter. And I, I imagine McNair took the opportunity to ask Vlade or has taken the opportunity to ask Vlade, hey, how would you handle this? Or, or what do you think of that? Because still most of this team is Vlade's team. I hope to God that Vlade is not still in some kind of advisory role to Vivek and Monty McNair in some way, shape, or form, because why would you have the guy who failed here, who you just got rid of, advise you? And it does not it's not even that it's a Vlade thing. It's just I'm tired of the advisors in Sacramento. Joe, these Joe Dumars, there's no disrespect to Joe. I'm just, I'm tired of these guys. Just give Monty McNair the keys. Let him make his decision. If he fails, we know it's on him at least. Yeah, I mean, the Joe Dumars, the Chris Mullins, uh, Potentially the Vladi Divots is in the air now. It's just it, it did it did seem a little strange how it was very upfront, how he's courtside, he's out there in the open. They didn't bring him up and put him in a box. Like they didn't give him any yeah. of that treatment. They had him on the floor. And with the with the new GM, with the owner, it wasn't it it was not a very uh under the radar type of appearance. It it does kind of it did make some people wonder. Is there a possibility? Because he still is getting paid by the Kings for at least uh, one more season, I believe, or two more. Um, why not bring him in and have him just kind of help out again a little bit here and there? So I don't know if that's going to be what happens. It does seem a little bit of a, of a potential risk that him and Vivek were, were buddying it up and, and uh, Vladi is still on payroll. So uh, hopefully there is no more meddling. I would love Monty to just have the keys to the kingdom, let him keep doing the things he's been doing. Obviously the trade deadline pieces are playing great right now. Uh, he knocked it out of the park, obviously. So um yeah, hopefully Vladi can just stay uh, King's legend, Vladi Divots, uh, not King's you know front office executive. It would Vlade have been Divots. great if there was no context. Vlade standing in his normal GM spot in the tunnel, how he stood in the, <laughs> the King's home tunnel and just leaned. In, and that's how where he watched games every night as the King's GM. Imagine if he had shown up and was just standing there with Vivek and Monty sitting courtside. Everybody's just wondering is. why Vlade is here and who let him in the building type thing. This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked on hosts across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started. I will meet you there. I'm an Android user. Thankfully, Locker Room is now in beta for Android, so I think it's only a limited amount of people who can download it right now, so try and download it right away. Get used to the app very, very soon. I will be hosting a Locked on Kings Locker Room for you to all join, and we can chat live. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked on Kings room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. That's going to transition us into the main 
two pieces of, of uh, conversation that all three of us wanted to gather around uh, to, to talk about. And, and both of these are questions that I kind of threw out uh, on Twitter during that Kings blah of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Unfortunately, that game could have been a lot more meaningful than it was after the loss to the San Antonio Spurs. But during this stretch where the Kings have won 7 of 10, they're all of a sudden very successful, even with their significant injuries to Fox, who's likely done for the season, Barnes, who's likely done for the season, Halliburton, who we know is done for the season. This team is still continuing to win, and a lot of that has to do with the play of the guys that are supposed to be second unit guys who are now getting some major first unit minutes. The DeLon Wright, uh, Chemezi Metu, uh, Damian Jones, I think Terrence Davis has been fantastic. Mo Harkless had a great game against Oklahoma City. And depth is something that the Kings really struggled with throughout the season. So I threw the question out, and I want to pose it to you guys, and we'll talk about it a little bit. If the Kings were to have this current roster right now and we were to restart the season with a clean slate of health, I'm not saying the Kings would remain healthy throughout the entire year, but they restart. uh, Tonight is game one of the season. This is the roster and everybody's completely healthy. Do the Sacramento Kings have a better or worse record than the current eight seed Golden State Warriors right now who are 36 and 33? Frank, do you want to take that? I can take that first well, if you want. I mean, you can go for it, yeah. Um, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, I think a big a big issue, uh, and if you go back and listen to a lot of me and Frankie's first couple uh, episodes of the season, we felt like our backup guard rotation was was a huge, huge sore spot. And, I mean, you know, we it got a lot of the blame got put on Corey Joseph specifically, but um, realistically Corey Joseph was just being asked a bigger role than what he was capable of providing. And I think if you have Terrence Davis, uh, DeLon Wright in there from jump street, I think that can for sure. I I don't know if necessarily the Kings would be three games above 500. That'd be, uh, I I can't do math right now. That'd be a pretty decent uh, swing in games, but at least be hovering, I would say that they'd be pretty pretty firmly in the play-in game. So the reason why I picked the, the Golden State Warriors is because they're in the final mm-hmm. actual legit yes, playoff, playoff seed. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm basing it off. For the sure. play-in tournament is still a thing, and I, I like it. I hope they keep it around. But the Kings are obviously shooting to be one of the solid top eight teams that actually make the playoffs, and there's a pretty significant advantage to be 7-8 mm-hmm. and eight versus 9-10. and 10. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you look at it this way, who is – the replacements, it was Glenn Robinson the third, Corey Joseph, and Nemanja Bielitsa. So, um, obviously, the team was not playing well with those three on the roster. Look at what DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, and Mo Harkless have done. Uh, put that over a full season. They're 30-38 and 38 right now. I'd say, yeah, why not? I mean, minus the nine-game losing streak, which has kind of been... Uh, <laughs> which one? Which one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a black eye uh, on, the, on the season so far, both of them. Uh, but most, you know, more in particular, the, the nine-game losing streak that happened shortly Recently. after the deadline. Um, the Kings have played pretty well. They've won five of six. They're looking for six of seven tonight against Oklahoma City. Um, the team plays well. DeLon Wright has been obviously a, a great, significant upgrade over Corey Joseph. Uh, Mo Harkless has re- revived his career. Terrence Davis is showing potential to be a, a king for, for years to come. Uh, I, I would put them at least in the 9-8 range. Yeah, absolutely. They're 30-38 right now. You break up that nine-game losing streak. That puts you at 33 and 35 alone. I mean, it's just, I, I I like the potential of this team over a full season. I 
I look at this stretch of success that the Kings are enjoying right now, and I compare it to their two other solid stretches of success, and this one stands out in a major way to me, and I'll tell you why. The first stretch, I remember at the start of the season, Tyrese Halliburton got off to a great start, and Harrison Barnes was also playing out of his mind. Mm -hmm. Like, we were talking about, holy crap, career year across the board for Harrison Barnes with how he started the season. Then he he didn't necessarily crash back down to earth, but slowly but surely he he started kind of mellowing out and, and bottoming out again. And then the second winning stretch that the Kings went on was just De'Aaron Fox going Super Saiyan. Like, he could not be stopped. Nobody could stop him. So the first stretch is off the backs of kind of two guys, but mainly Harrison Barnes. Second stretch is completely on the back of De'Aaron Fox. This stretch is, to me, a team stretch where... Now, granted, the quality of opponents the Kings are playing right now, which I hate that argument because the Kings, we know, play to the level of their competition. So a win is a win for Sacramento in my book. But also they're playing teams at the end of the season when some are intentionally trying to lose and yada, 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 context, context, context. Beggars can't be choosers. Right. My point is... This is what I'm seeing from the group right now is better team basketball. And and the perfect example of that is the fact that, what, four out of the last five games, the Kings have held their opponents to under 100 points. Yeah. Like, that's something they were not even close that's to doing, possible. even when Fox and Barnes were playing. I mean, there was a stretch where the Kings were allowing all their opponents 120 points. Mm-hmm. So It might have been uh, 130 almost. Yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah, that swing is... And I, I remember saying it earlier in the year, you know, the Kings probably weren't the worst defensive team that has ever stepped on an NBA court before, but um, they also, you know, they weren't far off it. Um, I'm wondering, um, you guys were talking earlier about, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about the nine-game losing streak, the most recent one. Do you think that maybe that could be attributed to the fact that Monty waited so long to make a move that – by the time they eventually did, I mean, they, those guys got in there late in the season and they really weren't able to fully adjust and had to figure it out in game. And I think part, you know, maybe three, four of those games could have been, you know, gone differently just because they would have had more time to play together and wouldn't have had to figure it out in those games. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is something that could, it makes sense. I The, the fact that I... I can't remember who's – I don't believe it, but I think uh, just as an example of how teams haven't had much time to practice over the past I think season, it's a big deal, very yeah. big deal. Well, I mean, Doc Rivers said uh, – or no, it wasn't Doc Rivers, sorry. Tyron Lue said – Oh, jeez. Uh, whoops, awkward. Big difference. Yikes. Tyron Lue, the current head coach of the Clippers? Los Angeles Clippers, right. uh, he said that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had had one practice together over the past season plus. And uh, you look at the Kings' schedule, it's been very on top of – you know, all the games are at least one day apart. There's not much of a gap. I think the, the season high for a break between games has been two full days. So, yeah, I mean, not being able to get acclimated with each other. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the schedule right here. It was shortly after that Spurs game. Uh, well, actually, it was actually the, the next game where that nine-game losing streak started, and that was only a couple games removed mm-hmm. from the trade deadline. So um, the team was playing well, and – Again, if you had time to put a system in place and get these guys acclimated, which it seems like they have have gotten at this to at point, this point, yeah. But also, you could mention the fact that you know, Darren, the most important, the the team isn't there. I yeah. mean, it's it's the rest of the guys, but it's great if the rest of the guys play together. I need the rest of the guys to play well when the guy is out there as well. And I think that's a natural concern with this win streak right now is, okay, the team is successful, but De'Aaron is not there. Tyrese Halliburton is not there. Harrison Barnes is not there. And I would argue they're playing different way. I mean, Mm -hmm. DeLon Wright, me and Frankie talked about it last week. He's, it's, 
you know, obviously the team is winning without him and they weren't winning with Deer and Fox. There's not, you know, there's not a direct line between the right. two, but um, there is something there. And I think it's the fact that DeLon Wright does do a better job, I would say, of making sure everybody's getting the ball. And that's, you know, Darren Fox is a star player. He, we want him. We have, we begged De'Aaron Fox almost for a year to be aggressive and take shots and not, 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 not pass to his teammates, but really look for his shot above everything else. And I just think, you know, when DeLon's in the game, he's more of a facilitator for everybody. And I think that leads to more team success for sure. But, um, you know, that's, that's not necessarily going to work when De'Aaron's playing as well. Before we move on to the the second part of our conversation, going back to your question, Chris, and, and Frankie, you brought up practice time. And this is something that Luke Walton's talked about a lot. And look, this is an even playing field. Everybody's dealing with low practice time right now. Uh, and, and a lot of fans just like to, I think, nitpick on almost anything Luke Walton says. Uh, and I understand it to some extent, but I think Walton is 100% correct here. I mean, normally when you acquire players at the trade deadline, there is an adjustment period for them to come in, especially with the amount of impact players the Kings went out and got. I mean, how many have we listed? DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless. That's a uh, whole rotation. <laughs> yeah, those three right there. They were. They, yeah, it's it's part. Of, it's most of your rotation that yep. has to now adapt and adjust, and you're doing that without practice time. And Walton made a great point. I think he did it in an interview on Sports Alum 40 KHDK with out. Doug Christie and, and Jason Ross, they asked him about that practice time. And Luke said, look, go back and look at the games after every single practice that we've had this year. There haven't been many, but in those games, the Kings have gotten off to good starts as a result of that practice time. I do think that's incredibly important. And, and I, I give Luke that benefit of the doubt there, but I think we would all agree, but, and correct me if I'm wrong here as, as, good as this team is playing right now, even though they're not at, at full strength, and as much as I like this depth, the Kings can't run this team back, right? They can't just run this group back, can they? Because all of a sudden I'm seeing people say, well, if Fox was healthy and, and Halliburton was healthy and Barnes was healthy, the Kings probably would have made the play-in tournament and defeated the Spurs. I mean, I think that's a little bit no. of a reach, but are we all in agreement that you don't yeah. run this team back, or would you consider it? Well, th- not this exact group, no. I mean, the one thing I'm looking at that is interesting, though, is this team has never played together all together fully healthy before because the last game where the – the roster was fully healthy was the Charlotte Hornets game when <coughs> Marvin Bagley broke his 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 hand. And that was with Corey Joseph, Nemanja Bielitsa, and, and those guys was, on, the, was on the team Was that the still. Charlotte Hornets game? The No, no, this is the oh, one before. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, or this is the one after, shortly after, the one on the road where Marvin hurt his hand. Gotcha. And that was when the team was fully healthy. There hasn't been a game where De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, DeLon Wright, all these guys have been playing together at the same time. And while it's a nice thought to see how this team could do it all together as a whole – you have to think that one of Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, um, one of Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald are probably not going to be here next season, or Marvin Bagley. So it's it's something we have to think about. I don't think running this team back is going to be the answer to solving the playoff drought, but, hey, we can't deny the fact that the guys have been playing well over the past six, seven games. Even if, even if it is the schedule kind of opening up a little bit, six out of seven or five out of six is still impressive. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models Pacifica, XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what that means. And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Hey, guess what? The Sacramento Kings play basketball tonight, a rematch against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Kings are even more heavily favored in this game than they were the last time these two teams met on betonline.ag. Sacramento minus 10 and a half tonight. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Kings cover that spread. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NBA, MLB, NHL, all your UFC, MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the NBA playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when using promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's wrap up with this quick exercise. Here's a list of players currently on the Kings right now, and we're going to decide who's being kept and who is being moved or the Kings are going to attempt to move. Should we do it one by one or should we do... Uh, I'll, I'll read out the full list, and then we'll go one by sure. one. Uh, and uh, so the list is Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis, and DeLon Wright. I intentionally left Damian Jones and Chemezi Metu off there because they just signed new contracts, so I'm assuming that the Kings gave them those contracts with the expectation that they're going to still be around. So we'll start with maybe the biggest one this offseason, if, or if not second biggest to Marvin Bagley, and that's Buddy Heald. Moving him, keeping him, trying to make it work. Where are you guys at? Chris, you want to lead us off? I mean, I if I am personally in charge, I would try and move Buddy. Um, I just think, A, I've said it for a long time, I think his skill set is something that is val- is incredibly valuable in this NBA, but... We're also seeing with a player like Terrence Davis, um, but you know I point out Joe Harris is the extreme example. But you know, there's got the point is shooting isn't hard to find. Duncan if you're Robinson, Duncan Robinson, whatever. Yeah, if you're looking for somebody who is just 
an elite shooter, which Buddy has started to show some passing ability, some legit passing ability. Um, I don't know about playmaking ability, but he, he, he'll find an open man. Um, well, making smarter he's moves. He's making he's smarter moves, for sure. That's yeah. that's the way of putting it. He's he's playing a lot smarter. He's giving a lot of effort defensively. Um, I wouldn't say he's a black hole anymore defensively. He's you know by no means a stopper. Point is, I would try and move on from him. I'm not entirely sure that's what the team's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like yeah, if, if I'm making that move, I personally just don't see uh, the value in paying Buddy Heald something so ridiculous when I just think you yeah. could get that skill set and probably more pieces um for for cheaper yeah i mean not to get too ahead and like look and get onto the barnes but like subject but if we have a choice of keeping harrison barnes or buddy heel they're yeah. both making over tw- over 20 million dollars per season um i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and choose to, to retain barnes and, and move buddy so i'd move buddy just because we have two guards in the roster now in tyrese halliburton and terrence davis who I would be okay with running out, you know, in those minutes for Buddy, like, especially Tyrese. Obviously, he's, well, a, also, he's the future. I mean, I think you can run a three guard with Delon as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, I think if just those guys split a lot of the minutes, because personally, I mean, we can get to Terrence Davis later, well, but and don't get me wrong, Buddy Hield, his shooting is there's not many in the league that can shoot like him, and that will be something that we notice if he is moved. That in the offense, there won't be that constant threat of mm-hmm. of Buddy. I mean, Tyrese is a Statistically better shooter, but on less attempts. I mean, yeah, I think uh, I remember in that one game Buddy missed, I think we only took like 10 three-point yeah. attempts. Buddy, he chucks, man. And on some nights he gets hot, and it's really, it's very fun to watch. But um, it's just if we're going to restructure this roster and, and free up space, I have to I have to be Buddy that has to move. Yeah, Buddy's also incredibly reliable, which I don't think we give him enough credit for in terms of he's there night mm-hmm. in and night out. There so are, he missed one game. He's only missed one game. Uh, and that's a that's something that I think teams take for granted until you don't have it, mm-hmm. like in the situation of, of Marvin Bagley here in Sacramento. Uh, I think, I mean, Buddy Heald is 10 times more reliable than Marvin Bagley is, and that's just a fact. But, uh, Frankie, to your point, it's impossible to look and make a decision on Buddy Heald without having others in mind, mm-hmm. meaning the rest of the offseason moves in mind. And this is what I think works against, I guess, well, maybe against and for Buddy Heald the most is his contract situation. Mm-hmm. If the Kings are moving on from Buddy Heald, it's not not because they don't think that he could somewhat fit with this team, because I think he could be brilliant for this team off the bench as a backup for, uh, for Tyrese Halliburton. But... If you move Buddy Heald's contract, especially if you're taking on dead money or picks or something in return to where it frees up cap space, that's a different. That affects what you do with Rashawn Holmes. That affects mm-hmm. what you do with uh, the rest of this list, really, and what you're going to try and do in, in maybe the trade market and in free agency. Like Buddy Heald is eating up a ton of cap space, so it's going to be difficult, in my opinion, to move his contract. But if you can do it, you probably should for that reason. We're going to kind of speed up yep. through more of these but the next important the second most important one is Marvin Bagley and I'll start with this one because for me it was move no matter what and then his return happened and I I said it and I I still say I stand by him returning and playing in these games at the end of the season to me it I didn't see much of a point to it because he wasn't going to do anything, even with the great game against the Pacers. He's not going to do anything that is going to so drastically change the mind of GMs outside of Sacramento that they're just going to forget all of his injury issues and all of the baggage that comes with Marvin, unfortunately. It's not going to, all of a sudden, his value is not going to skyrocket because he's put up good numbers at the end of a failed season. 
But at the same time, I think Marvin has reminded me that he is still young. There is still a ton of potential. And there's no way in hell you move this guy for nothing. Just you don't do that. You don't just give him away for rags just to get him off your roster, which was a a bit of a wake up call for me. So I would try to move Marvin and get something of value in return, something of a a first round pick range or a young player in return range. But if you can't get that, you got to hold on to the guy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the deal has to be right. That's the only way I make that deal at this point is the deal has to be right. Uh, He has one more deal, one more year to let on his deal. I'm fully comfortable with him playing that out and seeing what happens in the free agent market next offseason if they choose to re- retain him. Uh, but he, he's shown, hey, he's 14-7. and seven. Every season of his career has been 14-7. and seven. 50% from the field, I'll, I'll take that any night. See, um, I'm glad that you guys didn't have the take that I have because I personally, I would move him, I would package him with Buddy, and I think you can get something really, really, really nice with that. Yeah. I think, uh, to your point, Matt, um, I had the same feeling about Marvin coming back. I was definitely like, what the hell is the point? Like, I don't want to watch this dude just go out there for 10 games and give half ass, you know, because and I expected him to give a half at half ass effort because the games were meaningless at that point. And he was pretty much being thrown out to, it seemed just raise his trade value. Um, but he's came out and played his ass off and played great. I mean, he's, he's had probably two of his best games of his career in this, in this stretch. Um, but I just think, at the end of the day, I think the Marvin Bagley experience is probably over here in Sacramento. I think it's it's played its course. Um, I just, I don't see, if you bring him back next year, it's kind of just re-rolling the dice and hoping that this time, I mean, it's, it's pretty One much just time. like your question yeah. that you asked us before of like, you know, if this team rolls out next year would would it be different? It's the same question with Marvin. If we roll Marvin out next year and he plays... 80 games is is he happy all of a sudden is he you know is he back on the the king's timeline because i think if you bring him back next year you're not realistically expecting him to be part of the core if he is it's kind of gravy um but i just don't think like to your point earlier as well i don't think you can rely on him as a franchise yeah it's of course going to depend on how the draft lottery shakes out but I think the Kings could be very active trade-wise on draft night. And Bagley and Buddy and even Barnes, who's next, might be the the pieces that are floated around in all these rumors on trade night, especially if Monty McNair wants to do what he said he was going to do when he came in and, and, and keep his options open to acquire another star or star-caliber player to pair with this current Kings core. We'll speed through the rest of these. Harrison Barnes, keep, move. I'm keeping him. I'd keep. Keep. Yeah, have to keep declining contract as well. So he just keeps getting more valuable. But if you need to free up money and you can't move buddy Marvin or I mean, Harrison's going to be a lot easier to move. Yeah. 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 A lot of more suited. The trade value has to be high. And and I don't know who can replace Harrison Barnes realistically that can even remotely match that continuous contributions. So this one is is very important too. Rashawn Holmes. I mean, a lot of it depends on how much money the Kings can free up, but we don't even know what Rashawn Holmes's value is. He's a top priority for me to keep if I'm Sacramento, but you also, I mean, you're you're kind of at the mercy of the market. I've been thinking about this a lot with Rashawn recently. Can I make the same argument that I made with Buddy for Rashawn where it's like we're getting to a point where I'm not entirely sure what he does is really as valuable as what people are trying to price him at and i know wow. i've heard a lot of people say Eesh. 10 to 14 million which is not going crazy or whatever but i've had this feeling where it's like 
it's great that Rashawn puts up these 20 and 14 games, but realistically, if you're on a playoff team, if you're on a really good team, I would want Rashawn Holmes averaging like eight to 10 to 12 points. I don't want him really being that big a part of the offense. And I feel like, you know, there's some extreme examples with super teams, but really you look at the best teams in the NBA right now, not right now because Jokic and Embiid are ridiculous, but um, a lot of teams go cheap on center. You look at, you know, Brooke Lopez or whatever for, for, for uh, Milwaukee. I just think you can get cheap, cheap options. And granted, you know, you'll get your Damian Joneses of the world who aren't as skilled, but what do you really need your center to do? But that's the thing is the, the market might go that way. Cause like you said, the big man market can be so cheap and, and the money's not out there for bigs that, Rashawn might not get no. more. If he gets eight million, in a eight, COVID world eight too, to twelve so. million dollars a year, fourteen even, I think the Kings will probably sign him. But who are the Kings going to bid against? Like that's yeah. the question. If a team comes swooping in and says, "Here's sixteen yeah. million," the Kings probably can't. Oh no, compete yeah. with yeah. that. But that would also require a team to really prioritize Rashawn Holmes and free agency. And right. I think the teams that were rumored were, you know, Toronto and Charlotte, and you know, teams in that. Uh, lower playoff range and it's like are are they really to my point are they going to prioritize 16 million dollars to their center who isn't you know we all love Rashawn but how much really better you know I don't think Rashawn Holmes is all of a sudden going to add a three-point shot to his game and and uh and become a different player you keeping him Frankie you moving him I'm I'm keeping him again like if the price is right that's kind of I'm saying that on a lot of these things but yeah like you said if someone's going to offer him 16 million that's that's not going to happen he's not going to be able to be retained but uh I've seen I think Bobby Mark said that he has him valued at 11 million I think that's that's pretty doable to me uh from what he brings to the table he leads the league in field goal percentage or he's in the top 3 at least for sure uh the the jump he's made since coming to Sacramento he's only 27 years old um and he he doesn't need to be that involved like Chris said but I don't feel like he is too involved. He, I like how the guards find him in the paint for the push shot. I mean, I, I can it's live a with that. It's a legit weapon. You know, as long as they don't run the offense through him like we do with Boogie, like where you're giving it to him in the post and clearing out. I don't think that'll ever happen. But right. um, he's been he's been a really good player over the past two years, and he's going to get paid this offseason. Hopefully, it's something the Kings can afford. But um, I love to keep him if I can because we we've seen what the 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 cheaper options. Which Dwayne Dedman wasn't a cheap option, but he should have been that type of player. Those type of players that come in and, and fill in. Yeah. Um, Kings need a guy in the middle that's going to produce, and, and I really do like Rashawn Holmes' game. We'll lump these final three together: Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis, and Delon Wright. I'll, I mean, I'll just run through the uh, the three. Mo Harkless is on like a three point six million dollar contract. If you can get him for that cheap, just to add wing depth, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Davis, I think, can replace a lot of what Buddy Heel does if you move on from him. Although he's below Mo and, and Delon Wright for me, but I, I would probably keep him depending upon what the rest of, the rest of the moves. And then Delon Wright. Backup point guard adds depth. Like there's a no-brainer, Delon Wright, which he's on the second year, or he has another year on his contract. Yeah. So the Kings don't have to negotiate anything. They just wouldn't trade him. Yeah, basically. Yep. I'm I keep Delon Wright. Absolutely, he's more than shown that he can carry an offense if if uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese are out. Um, Terrence Davis, like you said, I completely agree. Uh, watching him play, it's very very reminiscent to what Buddy Heel brings to the table. He's not as good of a shooter as Buddy, but he's very active. He has a crazy motor uh, speed. Love him to be on the roster next year. He's a restricted free agent, obviously, so the Kings love final say in that. Mo Harkless, uh, Kings fans are loving what he's bringing to the table uh, while he's been here. 
Only problem is, I think he might have played himself into a little more of a payday than the Kings can afford. I don't know about that. He might have been on a, like a league minimum type of deal before he came here. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. But yeah, now he, he was on his way out. He might get a, a two-year, five million, six million dollar deal yeah. at this point. And maybe that is too much for the no, Kings to, to point. pony up. It's a good so. point. It's a good point. I I definitely agree with you guys. I think uh, yeah, Delon absolutely needs to stay. Luke at the beginning of the year was talking a, a big issue with their defense was they weren't getting a lot of deflections. I think DeLon Wright plays the passing lane just about as well as anybody else on the team, including Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I think I was looking at steals leaders earlier, and uh, Tyrese, DeLon, and De'Aaron are all in the top 20 in steals. That seems like something that you can build on. Um, So I really like that. Mo Harkless, love everything he's done, Um, you know, especially if we can get him at a low number. Terrence Davis, I agree with you, Matt. I think he can do a lot of the things that – that Buddy can do in terms of replacing what Buddy could do if we do move on from him. Um, I'm just not entirely sure how much how much of a role I would give him. I feel like currently, right now, in, you know, there's injuries, but um, I'd ideally like Terrence Davis around like 10 minutes a game. Big thank you to Frankie and Chris from the Return of the Roar podcast for joining me for that little roundtable. Great discussion there. Plenty to pull from that discussion and plenty for you to share your opinions on. At Matt George Radio on Twitter, email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Answer those questions. Let us know who from that list you would keep, who from that list you would move, whether or not you think this current roster, if the season was restarted, would be a playoff team or not. Again, at Matt George Radio on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Media.com. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about this game and then more. I can't wait. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.